The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Great to have you all along here. We've got a great discussion ahead for us tonight. We've got two guests that will be joining us simultaneously. They actually work together and they co-authored a book that we'll be talking about tonight called Connection, the Discovery of a Soul System. John Topp is an author, and he is also a paranormal experimenter, and Bro Perkins is a psychic medium, and both of them will be joining us tonight to have this discussion about the book they wrote, their relationship, how they work together, plus their individual histories as it relates to not just the book, but uh, their work in the paranormal and the spirit world. Um, thanks to everyone in the chat room. Great to have you all here, and I know that we, you know, we aren't doing as many shows right now as we were previously um that's because as i've said several times i've got a number of projects in the works and they're all very very time consuming so i've had to cut back here and there uh but you know we're going to keep doing these obviously we've got a great audience the podcast version of the show continues to be downloaded i don't know something around ten thousand times a day it's unbelievable and i appreciate everyone who does that uh, the obviously the YouTube and the live stream does very very well as uh, people continue to look for it and support it. So thank you for that as well. So just shuffling some things around, uh, it'll all settle out at some point. And uh, these projects that I'm working on have a lot of promise, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to make some announcements on those within the next few months. I don't know when that'll be, so don't. <laughs> Don't hold me to anything, but uh, it will happen. Uh, I'll be able to talk about some of this as we move forward. Of course, you do know, most of you anyway, that I'm doing a, another program as well, a political show that is called The Independence Gang, and you can find that on the Independence Gang YouTube channel. If you're so inclined to enjoy political conversations, particularly the controversial and um, often uh, stimulating type, you would enjoy this program. It's called The Independence Gang, and again, you can find it on YouTube, also Twitch, and uh, where else are we? Rumble, there's a Facebook page for it. There's also a website, independencegang.com. So a lot to talk about tonight. I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, I want to get our guests on the line here so we can start talking about their book. Again, the book that we're talking about tonight is called Connection, The Discovery of a Soul System, and we've got two guests that we'll be chatting with. They are co-authors of the book, John Topp, who is an author and also a paramour excuse me, a paranormal experimenter, and Bro Perkins, who's a psychic medium, uh, among other things. So uh, both of them have a lot of experience that we'll be talking about and looking forward to hear their, hearing their stories. It's Beyond Reality, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app and it's only 99 cents a month it's less than a buck you probably have that change in your couch right now that dollar a month less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program provide great interviews for you during the course of the week i thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we've got uh, a terrific conversation ahead of us tonight. We've got uh, two paranormal experiencers, paranormal investigators, researchers. We've got John Top, who's an author and a paranormal experimenter. And we've got Bro Perkins, who's a psychic medium and also an experiencer. And they've collaborated on, a, collaborated on a book called Connection, The Discovery of a Soul System. And I just want to make sure we've got everybody here. John, are you with me? I am. Okay, John's here. Uh, bro, are you here? I am indeed. All right, perfect, good, it works. It's very strange. We had a a couple of really bad thunderstorms roll through upstate New York earlier today, and all the computers got a little wonky, everything got a little weird, Uh but but we seem to be okay. So it's good to have both of you on. John, thanks for, um, you kind of uh, helped organize this, but thanks for doing that. I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation tonight. Oh, great. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we're really happy to come on and talk about the book. Yeah, I want to talk about your individual experiences and kind of how you, uh, you know, you, you, you developed paranormally, if you will. And I'll start with you, John. How did this whole concept, these ideas, the paranormal interest develop for you? Yeah, it's a great question because it's not, I don't think, anything that I ever uh, consciously planned out, like like you might plan out you're going into a field to be a doctor or something like that. I think it was just always a... a an instinctive kind of interest for me, um, probably more as I got into my into my 20s and 30s. Um, and I think also as a kid, uh, there was an interest there, um, but sort of became buried at some point and, and then came out later as an adult. Um, and uh, yeah, for me, it was just always uh, uh, kind of a sense that our reality isn't quite everything that we think it is. It's what we see around us isn't everything, that there's something else. Um, so that was always my sort of instinct. And then I, I was always looking for ways of exploring that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that sort of led me into different paths of, of you know, exploring ideas like synchronicity, um, EVP, and things like that. Um, and, uh, and eventually led to meeting Bro and, and the work that we've done together. Did you have any like experiences along the way that kind of fueled this for you, or was it more of an academic interest? Um, yeah, there were experiences. Uh, I think there was stuff that happened when I was a kid um, that I sort of the, the memories of it um, came back later through the the work that we're doing actually, and that that's part of that's in the book. Um, sort of things involving hauntings and. Uh, and later in my 20s, I uh, lived in a couple different places that had um, ghost activity. And and uh, I've had some, you know, sort of cryptozoological experiences, I guess you could say. And, um, and yeah, things that keep happening to this day uh, involving objects moving around and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> the fun stuff. Uh, bro, yeah. bro, your experiences are um, quite a story. A lot of this started for you as a child, but uh, I'll let you tell it in your way. Um, how, you know, you're a psychic, you're a medium, you've got these sensitivities. How did all that begin for you? 
guilty as charged. Well, John's explanation was so, you know, eloquent. I was, I was just going to joke and say, I did it for the money. But the, <laughs> the truth is there, there was no money. Uh, I, I, I truly didn't go looking for it. Like they say, the spirit choose you. You don't choose the spirit. So, uh, like you said, when I was a young boy, I would, I would have both dreams of things that would later come true, which was very confusing as a child. Uh, you know, talk about your reality coming unhinged. Um, right. My perspective is that my childhood friend, who was essentially my best friend at the time, and, and uh, we were on the swim team together and stuff, and just I dreamt that he was going to just totally reject me one day. And then the next day I went to school to tell him about this nightmare, and he had changed that that day. And I'd never spoken to him again. <laughs> I wow. Like, so I like, <laughs> um, and, you know, many psychics, who, when they're young, their first visions and experiences are traumatic, like they'll see a death of a loved one, usually a grandparent before it happens, or in my case, like what I had said, I, I was seeing uh, premonitions. And of course, my grandfather that died before I even knew him was appearing to me. So it's always traumatic because my theory is that psychic ability is a form of survival mechanism. You know, like in the old days, you, you had a lot of tribe leaders were the most psychic person in the tribe because they were the ones that say, hey, we can't go and hang out in that cave. There's spiders there. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones who keep people alive. And so that that seems to be what it, what it was. It was just very natural. And then I began to investigate it in the 90s when I was a teenager. Um, like, what the heck is happening to me? And I began doing readings when I was 15, if you could believe it. I want to know a little bit more. Like I, part, I found this part of your story really, really fascinating. I want to know a little bit more about your experience when you started to talk about having the visitations who, with the with the spirit who turned out to be, you think, your grandfather. I'm not sure if you ever confirmed that. Uh, but you told, you talked about it or you wrote about it at school, and you actually had your teacher get involved and a social worker. Tell us about that experience. Oh yeah, it was like the year 1991 or something, and we're we're tasked with writing in the journal every morning uh, as we're learning to spell. And I was talking about the man who comes and visits me in my bedroom at night, tall man. Uh, now my grandfather was seven foot tall, uh, and and he he had huge hands. He's a big German man. And when my mother was young and she was sick, he would cup her whole face, and her whole cheek would fit into the palm of his hand, and he would he would her to sleep at night when she was sick and so I said to my mother this tall man would visit me and she knew it was her father who had died when he was in his own consciousness but well the the school found out and strangely enough I was able to spell the word levitate perfectly um <laughs> so speaking the word and then and then you know social workers came in and my parents said uh, forbid me forever talking about it again so it was again another form of trauma so psychic ability was not fun it wasn't something you sign up for. It was more of a nuisance or a hindrance. I never mind being the one who's always being the lightning rod, plucking out the things everyone doesn't want to look at in the room, and they all hate you for it. I mean, it's really not a popularity uh, with. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things that I find great about that story, and I'm going to get John's take on it in a second, um, is that one we often talk about the fact that as children we have many of us maybe everybody has these sensitivities and we're basically educated out of them we're told to suppress them we're told to ignore them we're told that that friend that you have that's that's imaginary that's not real stop talking to that person i mean that's kind of what happened to you there 
it, it was, but my mother kept encouraging because she knew that, that it was real because I had known things about her father that I couldn't have known. Um, even just simple things like the hand cupping your face when you're, when you're in bed. Um, and of course, he was extremely tall, but but they didn't want me to ostracize or alienate myself in, in life, which is really stupid when you think about it, because they named it Bro. And it's like, why would you name me after a motorcycle if you didn't <laughs> want me to be weird? Okay? So all of a sudden, now you're protective of me? Great. Thanks, guys. That's great. That's great. And I'm not familiar with the bro motorcycle, by the way. We, we might have to get into that story later. I I know a little bit about motorcycles. I just bought my first Harley last year, so I know a little bit. Nice. Um, but, John, what about that concept? The idea that as children, many of us and maybe everybody has sensitivities that we're basically, you know, we, they take the proverbial uh, ruler and bang our knuckles to stop, stop feeling that way, to stop <laughs> thinking that way. I, that's co- quite a phenomenon. We're taught to ignore these things. As, as children. Yeah, and I think probably the main reason is we just don't really have a framework in our current society um, for how to understand those things. They're just not part of our reality system, right? Um, so, so it's kind of, you know, I guess in our, in our scientific enlightened age and so on, it, it, we're, we're often actively discouraged, as you say. Um, whereas in my family, you know, it's not like my family was against any of this stuff. It's just, there wasn't any talking about it. It didn't, it didn't, it wasn't part of reality. Um, and it was, you know, I guess it's seen as superstitious and, and we've outgrown those things and that's part of, you know, primitive thinking and that sort of thing. Um, but the problem is it doesn't mean it's not real. (laughs) Well, that's exactly um, it, and and some of us, as yeah. we as we cross over into adulthood or or develop an awareness, we start to ask the questions that um, that uh, you know we are going to be talking about here tonight, because we're all mm-hmm. we're looking for answers. But I've got to ask you this: what, I noticed in in your description of your work, you call yourself a paranormal experimenter. What is that? Yeah, uh, it's the only label I could really come up with for myself, I guess, um, because I think at, at some point. Um, I guess in my 30s or whatever, I, I I started to actively become aware of of these these other things like um, that are affecting reality, sort of thing, and and things like synchronicities or a dream, like a precognitive dream, um, or or some sort of poltergeist activity in your house or whatever. And and I started to think, well, instead of just waiting to random experience these things, I want to see if I can affect them in some way or make them happen or or that sort of thing. And, and so, um, like one of the first things I did was I, I was experiencing a lot of these ridiculously specific coincidences or synchronicities in my life just all the time. And so I started to blog and I'd write a blog about them. And, and I was like, instead of just saying, wow, that was neat, I, I want to record it. And, and then I, what I noticed was, uh, I would tell friends about it and then they would have something happen that would connect in with the synchronicity. So it, it's like, it sort of started to spread across a group of people. Um, and you'd have these group synchronicities, you know, and, um, so that was sort of a little experiment I did. And then, um, that led to meeting bro through that, uh, through those sort of group things. And then, um, and then really the next thing was like doing, getting into audio. I was very into sound already, uh, into music, into experimental electronic music and things like that. And so, um, I was very interested in EDP or instrumental transcommunication, I'm sure you're familiar with that term. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, uh, bro introduced me to a lot of that actually. And, and so that was my, uh, for a few years, I got really into that and, um, got a whole lot of different recordings of, of voices, EVP voices and, um, and voices coming out of shortwave radios that, that didn't really make sense that, you know, they're not part of a radio broadcast. They're just coming out of static, you know, and, uh, and some images coming through TVs to some degree, not, not as much of that, but more of the audio part. And, um, yeah, so that was a lot of experimenting I did with that. And, um, yeah. And then leading into the channeling was the next thing as well. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, synchronicity, uh, I, mm-hmm. This word keeps coming up more and more uh, in conversations that we're having, mm-hmm. whether it's directly related to like the uh, spirit world type paranormal conversations or interdimensional uh, discussions. It just kind of is is working its way into the conversation, uh, mm-hmm. and it's an important part of your story with bro. And I want to get bro's take on this first. But bro, what does synchronicity mean to you? A lot of people just assume synchronicity means coincidence or chance happen chance or something like that but it's different than that isn't it well i take the Jungian interpretation which of course he coined the phrase synchronicity in the first place which is that when when seemingly random events occur that are far too specific and relevant to the inner world your inner psyche at that moment uh converge you know like with john and my meeting for instance i was doing a reading on a client just like any other normal client and I never knew that she knew John. I didn't know John at this point. I said to her, oh, I think you have an experience with the number 22, and you've got a friend who's, who's having a direct experience with this. Because I had been telepathically told by some entity that I would be meeting a man who might be something on the order of 10 years my senior. Uh, sorry, John. And uh, he would be experiencing the, the 22, or 222, around synchronicity. And and uh, so as a result of that, in her reading, she goes, as a matter of fact, I do have a friend, and that was Natasha, who connected with John and I that night. Um, you know, so, so I think things like that are way, way beyond the order of chance. And it's not even typical in psychic reading. Like, I don't generally pester my clients to introduce me to their friends. <laughs> 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 um, so, John, talk a little bit about synchronicity itself, and then then tell me about the how you and Bro, from your perspective, how you and Bro started to work together. Yeah, for sure. Well, as Bro said, yeah, it's something um, that seems to be not random. You know, it, it, um, and people might think of it as just a, a coincidence. It's all how you see it. You might experience synchronicities, but. But um, you think, well, that's just, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to that because it can't, it's not possible for that to happen, you know, that you think of a person and then you turn the corner and they're there or, right, right. you know, uh, or you have a dream about something and then you see it the next day or, or that sort of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, one thing we get into the book, into the book is um, that it's, it's sort of a, a higher order revealing itself. It's an order that's outside of our normal order. Um and so it's it's these patterns that are becoming visible to us through through something like a synchronicity. Um, and uh, yeah, and as far as how it ties into the book, really, you know, like Bro said, we um, we were both experiencing similar synchronicities at the same time, and that led to a friend connecting us together. Um, and so you know, uh, I think sometimes synchronicity is sort of. Uh, it's hard to know how to interpret it sometimes. Like, do you pay attention to the specific details of it? Uh, and I think sometimes you should. And, you know, in this case, it led to, to this partnership. 
Um, it literally was the the way we met. It's it's the most unusual way I've ever met anyone, and probably same for bro. Yeah. So, bro, you were you were trying to add something there. Oh, it's just uh, I was adding to what John was saying, where I was saying John had come up with this idea of like a sort of choreography to the world at a level that we're unaware of. Like, it, it's not even just that a friend introduced John and I because Natasha wasn't like I I didn't I've never met this woman in my life before. I'm doing a total stranger, and I'm like, you know, someone who sees twenty two all the time. But but she was friends to John, right? And and so so it, it, that. But you know, for the listener, the confusion could be like, well, are they classifying premonitions and psychic ability as synchronicity? No, no, no. Because as I said, it goes deeper than that. It's it's almost like when well, what was that time where I was? I think I had a dream that involved Gandhi, and then I was telling you about it, John, and you were on the subway sitting in front of a Gandhi quote, which was actually linked to the to the dream I was having or something. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to get a kind of an overview of the book before we start talking about some of the details, just so folks listening understand, you know, what it is this project was that the collaboration was about and, and how it culminated into in this in this book. Uh, and again, it's called Connection, the Discovery of a Soul System. John, tell us what, you know, just kind of the, the summary of what this book's about. For sure. Um the book covers uh, how Bro and I met uh, as the first chapter. Um, so it sort of it talks about our early lives, um, you know, our interest in in these, this side of life and paranormal and things, and um, and and particularly goes into Bro's abilities and how he developed them um, since childhood, and um, and then kind of catches up to around 2005, which was the time that we met. So it it, it describes the circumstances, the synchronicities we were having. Um, and exactly how that led led to us meeting and, and you know, how how that affected us, how we were kind of, our minds were sort of blown by, you know, how this happened uh, through synchronicity and so on. And then, and then uh, yeah, it, it follows our lives through, you know, um, the next 10 years or so um, where things happened. You know, our, we, we had our own, you know, disasters and, and traumatic things happen and just sort of how it, it follows how we develop personally because it all ties into what happens later. Um, so we really wanted to make it a personal story and not just have, um, not just have the channeling material by itself. We wanted people to understand how it came to be. Um, so then <clears throat> really uh, channeling is something, you know, uh, we've both been interested for a long time in, in and um, we've both, you know, read it. Bro's been very interested in the Course in Miracles for a long time. I was into the Seth, the Seth books. Um, I remember finding a Seth book at a garage sale you know, long time ago and, and just being really very interested in it. Um, and so channeling is always something we had thought of. Um, we never really sat down to, to try it for a long time. I just, I guess, the time, you know, we were more into the ITC and that sort of thing for a long time. Um, but then, uh, but yeah, I think uh, we, you know, I had gone through a, through a divorce. Bro and I were spending a little more time together around 2015. And, um he said one day that he was hearing this voice in his head when he woke up in the morning. Um, that was very different from what he would normally do with his readings. His readings are for an individual person, and he's talking about their lives, doing a life reading, or connecting them with, with loved ones who have passed over. And um, He was getting this voice just sort of talking on uh, a very wide-sounding voice. 
sort of talking on more universal matters, and, and he would wake up with this, and I'm like, well, what does it say? What does it say? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was immediately like, what? What is that? You know? And uh, and it was it was kind of like a dream. It was a bit dreamlike where he couldn't quite remember the exact words it was saying and that sort of thing. And um, and so I said, well, let's you know, can we do something with this? Can we sit down and talk to it? Can it talk through you? You know? And then can we record it or talk to it or something like that? Um, so that led to us, you know, just sitting down with an audio recorder and getting comfortable. Bro was lying down on the couch, and I'm just sitting next to him. And 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 it took a little while, but um, he was able to bring it through uh, in a way that it would just kind of he would just speak it, you know. And and so we would record this, and and I would ask questions, and and it developed from there to the point where he could sort of it, it became easier as time went on, and he could slip into that state. Uh, faster and, and more effectively bro you, yeah. uh, you you've you had a lot of voices communicating with you over the course of your life you've had some of them <laughs> some of them disembodied some of them uh, with actual apparitions standing in front of you uh how was this one different i like to say to my clients uh i can't read your mind i can barely read my own half the time okay <laughs> this voice was very upsetting to me to the point where i went john will probably remember this i went to my doctor actually to to tell him about this and you know he did the standard doctor thing he's staring at his notepad he's like and do these voices tell you to do anything dangerous and i said well it keeps telling me to stop drinking so much and eat more broccoli and he laughed at me and <laughs> said you must be the first sane kook so it was very different because it was my voice but it wasn't me controlling it and that's what felt so bizarre and so upsetting Imagine having your own voice in your head, but you're not the one who's the author of the words. It, yeah. It's really, I thought I was losing my mind. It was very frightening. Um, and it kept on telling me things that when I listened to it, um, the day would go really well. And in very bizarre ways, like like one night, I remember I was like laying in my apartment. I was like, I'm kind of lonely. This was like six years ago. I was like, I'm kind of lonely in my life right now. I was like, oh, well, who would you like to see? And I thought of a person I haven't seen in seven years. And 20 minutes later, that person texted me. And, but nobody's ever impressed if I'm psychic. So they're like, of course you could do that. But no, it wasn't like this normally. I can't read myself normally. And not only do they text me, they're down the street. They don't know that I live in this part of town because we hadn't seen each other in a long time. It's like they're down the street. Let's get together and have some coffee. And we went out and had a lovely night. Things like that were consistent. And, and this voice was seeming to know things way beyond my capacity. And it, it had, again, that level of choreography to your life that at a higher level everything is part of a bigger plan and so you know uh it, that's what that's why i learned to trust it because you know they say trust comes from uh the combination of consistency plus time equals trust so this thing was consistent over time and, and i learned to trust it and john john i think was the one who inspired me to try to talk to it more i, I was almost ready to close the door you say it. You 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 say it's a voice. It was your own voice, but it was you weren't the author of the words. Uh, without yeah. without re- revealing anything that you shouldn't reveal, have you been able to identify where those words and who was using your voice to communicate with you? What what were you channeling? Who were you channeling? Well, John, I'll let I'll let John answer that. Because okay, I'll, I'll just be curious to know how he answers it. Okay, John. Sure. <clears throat> um, there does come along an identity later on. Uh, and then, yeah, as you say, we don't want to, you know, it, that's part of the journey of reading it. 
Um, but it takes quite a while. And, and, um, and, you know, the question is whether you take that identity literally as well or, you know, but, um, but yeah, for a long time, it was just, it, there was no name, no gender, you know, uh, or anything like that. Um, and it was just a, a like a, a, an entity, we would say, we would sort of say the entity or the voice. Um, and in the book, we just refer okay. to it as the voice. I feel like we should say it's not Elvis. Let's just get okay. that off the table. <laughs> As far as we know. All right, good. That is good to know. Uh, a lot of people still <laughs> believe Elvis is still alive, so you may have had some doubters there if you said it was I, w- Elvis. I wouldn't mind if it was Elvis, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, that, yeah, that's our second book, actually. Elvis came through later mm-hmm. on. <laughs> so, John, you're you're having conversations through Bro with this entity that Bro is channeling. When did yep. you first realize this was something unique? Um. Well, right away, I mean, uh, I'd say in the first time we tried it, um, I felt, okay, something's happening here. Because um, it was, I guess I know Bro well enough, and I've seen him do readings often enough. I know when he's tuning into something. So I'm, I'm pretty in tune with him in that way. So I know when it's just him talking, and I know when he's tuning into something. So I really felt he was he was tuning in. And and all this, these concepts, these ideas were coming through him. Um, and and he he'll make some jokes about this, but he does have ideas of his own too. But but these were sort of uh, streaming through in this very uh, in this very elegant way that would be very difficult for anybody, I think, to sort of come up with on the spot. And we thank you, John. Yes, it was far too elegant to be bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, when you're ha- when you were having these conversations, first of all, bro, let me ask you this: when you're channeling, when this was happening, and you're you're you're, you're channeling this voice, which is your your voice, but not your words, John is having conversations with this voice. Are you aware of what's happening? Or are you more trance-like? I'm more trance-like. In fact, I I felt sedated, and I you know I suffer from an anxiety disorder after losing my mother when I was 25 from a sudden accident that I couldn't save her from. And so um, I was used to actually being given Ativan and sedatives, and it honestly felt like I had been given a sedative. And uh, I could hear the words as they came out of my mouth, but I didn't know what they would be. That's like, just describe that. It's so weird to experience. It's like, it's on autopilot and whatever comes out, but it's like, like John, and, you know, joke about it, but actually it's far more eloquent than I am. No, literally, it really is. <laughs> so, it was a pleasure to listen to, and I was learning as we went. And that was the other astonishing thing. What were your thoughts on channeling prior to this experience? Did you have any other experiences like this? Did you study it? Did you go to channeling sessions with other that other people were, you know, I'm always very judgmental of channeling. I, I saw it as a watered-down attempt at what real evidential mediums like myself do. You have to keep in mind, like, I sit with strangers, and the stranger in front of me could be anyone from a mother who just died in a car crash to a person who's trying to get into a fog firm to a person who's having a heartbreak. You never know why people come to me, and they, they're not allowed to ask questions. What my clients do before they come for a reading is write their main concerns on paper and hidden in an envelope, then as we sit together, I do the reading, and sure enough, by the end of the session, when I say, would you like to pull out your questions, 
everything's been answered in the order that it's been written. It's very freaky after 21 years of this work. Wow. And and yet these channelings with these people going like the test material or A Course in Miracles, it's all, to me, it was gobbledygook. And I even said to John, if this stuff comes out and it's just standard spiritual tripe and it's just stuff I've read before, and if the grammar's bad especially, I'm out. Well, a couple of things that we started to channel was making me raise my eyebrows. I was like, well, this is interesting. It's very interesting. And what, what stood up to me, too, was the, the entity that we channeled said what was different about our experiment was that they were. this was the first time a channeling like this has been attempted using an evidential medium. All the other channelers of these other types of materials were not mediums. So you've got this admin. It's sort of like going from a country doctor to a surgeon, if you will. So we're actually attempting trials with, with, with more sophisticated tools. God, did I just compliment myself, John? <laughs> John, John, when when you started to have these discussions with Bro as he's channeling, what types of questions were you looking to ask? What what information were you trying to get from this? <clears throat> yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I think at first, um, I, I had been really interested in Graham Hancock, and uh, I had just been to a lecture of his. He had just come to Toronto. We live in Toronto. And, um, so, and I think that was his book about like meteor, his, his theory, I can't remember the name of the book, Magicians of the Gods, I think it was, or something. and, um, talking about sort of ancient, his whole idea is, you know, the lost civilization, right? And that, um, that there've been ancient civilizations in the past that have been destroyed somehow. And, and, you know, and so I was kind of in that frame of mind. And, and so that was sort of the first topic we started getting into. Um, and uh, yeah, I asked about you know cycles of civilization and 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 some of Hancock's ideas and 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 sort of the idea that a, we could have had a meteor in the past or asteroid you know causing major destruction ten thousand years ago according to his theory. And um, so that was the first topic really. Um, so, but but we so we got into some specifics about that. But but the voice was very much philosophical and. And didn't want to get, didn't want to geek out on details about, you know, when might have an asteroid have hit. It always tied it into bigger themes, you know. So it was always tying it into something deeper, something uh, more profound, um, like, you know, <clears throat> why do we go through these cycles of civilization, and and what's the nature of of change, you know. So so it's like whatever you're talking about, it'll it'll tie it into something bigger, and that's when I really started to think this is you know this <clears throat> this is a voice that has some other perspective that we don't have um was really the feeling i was getting um that it was philosophical but but from a perspective that an earthly philosopher wouldn't wouldn't have it was something um something greater than that is, is was the feeling so yeah the and answer I might add, go ahead bro yeah i'm sorry to interrupt but like it, how we also knew that it was genuinely coming from somewhere else is as it would go into those larger concepts, it would use examples from John's day, which I had no way of knowing because John had been at work all day. Mm. So like, mm. remember the iceberg one, John, do you want to share that one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, there would be like, I'm at work uh, and someone, someone's doing a presentation and, you know, a PowerPoint or something and they're using an imagery of an iceberg, tip of the iceberg kind of thing. 
um, you know, the tip and then, then the massive iceberg under the water. And then, and then I go over to bros that day after work and we do a session and, and it uses iceberg analogy. Uh, you know, and, and iceberg isn't a very uncommon analogy, but, but it was literally that same day. And that image yeah. was kind of very strong in my mind. I really focused on it. So, and that's just one example of where it ties into events. Yeah. There was a lot of that, a lot of information that bro didn't know about that would come through. Yeah, exactly. So that would really reinforce this idea that this is something not just coming from Bro. There's something else here. When you do these, did or do? I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you, you these sessions continue. Still going. They're ongoing. Still going. Yeah. yeah. When you do these sessions, do you a have other people present? Present and b. I'm assuming you record them, but is it just an audio recording, a video recording, both? Right. Um, yeah. It's it's audio. Uh, we've never thought of doing video or even taking a picture while we were doing this, I, I realized that while I was making the book, I'm like, we never took a picture once in this day uh, when everything is photographed all the time. It just, it just, we weren't, I just never thought of pointing the picture over it, bro, and taking a picture. Uh, we did later on, uh, you know, after the first, you know, as we were making pictures for the book, we did one, but, but, um, uh, it was audio only. And we have, yeah, we have hours and hours and hours of audio. Um, there were, uh, there was somebody present, a friend of Bro's. Uh, actually, in the first session, he, he Bro's uh, boyfriend at the time, Bro's gay, and he walked into the. Uh, he sort of knocked on the door and interrupted, and that became kind of a joke. And uh, and then during another session, there's a friend there, uh, and yeah, he's in there towards the end of the book. So, but mostly it's just the two of us. And bro, can you do this? Does it happen on demand, or do you do, do you try at times and you just can't? connect with the the, oh, yeah. the entity that you're channeling we, we probably have had as many times where we couldn't connect as the times that we could yeah that's right yeah yeah um yeah there were times that, yeah maybe about the same number of times yeah so there'd be times yeah we just get together and and it's like we're just not feeling it and and we could sort of feel it beforehand i i, I thought you know it's just it didn't feel like it was there um, and so we just say, okay, let's have a beer. So, John, as as these conversations developed over time, uh, you you obviously started to recognize that you were getting some answers to things that were, you know, longstanding and maybe even metaphysical questions. Uh, I know I saw in the description, you know, of the book as as you define it, as you describe it, there's some really, really interesting topics here. And I'll just, you know, the list includes things like the nature of evolution, relationships, the spirit realm, and uh, look at the future of uh, humankind as space travelers. I mean, these are all pretty big concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so it, it it gets into some sort of core kind of foundational philosophical concepts. I mean, I'm not going to say answers. I mean, I, I, I think answer is a kind of final sort of term, like, oh, we have the answer now. Right. But, um, you know, it, it is, it, it's stuff that stimulated me a lot and, and helped my understanding. And um, it's also, it also gets into exercises of, uh, you know, in this book, there are two exercises. Um, one is for uh, contacting your spirit guide and, and sort of, having it gets into the concept of a spirit guide that's one of the themes in the book because bro has one i have one uh, bro is very much intimately familiar with his whereas for me it's sort of a new concept but this idea of uh, a person who is kind of assigned to you or, or is connected to you and helps you helps guide you and and through life somewhat um 
and so uh, talk about you know how that concept even invo- even evolved the idea of spirit guides um, and uh, yeah the, the space travel part um, is a huge thing that really surprised me I, I just didn't expect that um, that it's talking about uh, I didn't know if it would be like oh you know space travel is a waste of time but it's it's more saying that we're evolving to space travel and the purpose of technology is to enable us to to get to go to space and and it's our destiny to to go to other places and but 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 not just from a purely technology point of view there's a spirit aspect to it and this is something that's still coming through and is going to get more into the second book but but it's not just about technology and rocket fuel there's a mind aspect to it and and it's it's touched on that a bit bro so so i yeah go ahead I, I, well i think to some degree the ideas as the book goes on the ideas become more clear and they evolve and then I think even we have a second book planned as well, and and there's some of those same ideas I think will will be developed even further. Yeah, bro, you have these sessions. Sometimes you can connect, sometimes you can't. Is there any difference in your mind why you can connect sometimes and sometimes you can't? And then what happens to you physically after one of these sessions? Do you feel, uh, you know, are you are you exhausted from it? Uh, mentally fatigued? Does anything manifest itself in you physically after you do one of these? Sure, to go in reverse order, uh, John knows that sometimes I've suffered from debilitating panic disorder, like post-traumatic stress. So sometimes before a session, I would literally be shaking and having trouble breathing. Um, and after the session, I was completely healed. And there were several times where we were seeing light, strange light in the room and, and with our eyes open and closed, and both of us would see these lights. And uh, I would instantly become calm, my nervous calm down and that doesn't happen normally uh normally it takes two to three hours for me to come down off something like that so so for sure it seemed to leave me more peaceful uh it always seemed to leave me healed or energized um as for uh now i'm sorry your first question was about about if you uh, if you if you have any sense of why sometimes you you can make that connection and other times you can't, is it about is it is it about you or is it about the yeah, entity really that you're channeling? You're such, a good you're such an, a good interviewer because this is something I wanted to add earlier and I completely forgot, which is this thing had explained to us that when it doesn't come through, it's because it, it's putting us through our faces and teaching us something. And usually, John and I would both be guided to different books that we don't talk about and different videos and you're sort of doing research all the time. We're both very sort of research oriented. And and what the entity explained that was in order for it to channel through me, it needs to build a sort of lexicon in my brain because it needs to give me an alphabet that it can then use to pluck ideas and, and formulate them through me. In other words, I can't just channel it willy nilly. It has to have a framework. Sometimes when it doesn't come through, it's educating us to get ready for the next session. Interesting. The key being, of course, we don't know what, we have no personal choice in the matter. It all comes, like there are so many times where I've been so down the channel, like like ready and willing, and it just isn't happening. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually disappointing. John and I actually get very disappointed at times. Yeah, and he, he would sometimes be afraid that I was going to feel disappointed, and I'm like, well, don't worry about me. <laughs> when it happens, it happens. And, I mean, I'm just so happy that it happens at all, right? But And, and another factor um, that 
in addition to, you know, sort of what Bro's talking about with the, using his thoughts and so on, I found that if I just came over and we sat down and tried it right away, it, it wouldn't work. I, I felt that we needed to go hang out for a while, maybe go for a walk, uh, pick up some groceries or something, or go get a beer at the pub or something, and just spend some time together because we had to kind of get connected with each other uh, for it to happen properly. Um, so there's kind of a group energy thing there. Um, and uh, I felt that once we'd done that and we'd had some time to tune into each other, then then we could sit down and I could feel it. I could feel it was ready to, to happen. It's it's like a fertile ground at that point. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing, bro, to have, you know, messages coming through or voice coming through you as a channel. You mentioned in your in the answer to the last question that there were actually times when you both saw light manifest itself uh, and, and it affected you physically. Uh, tell us about this light and where do you think, what do you think the source of that is? And uh, that's, that's an aspect to this that I hadn't heard in other people that I've talked to that have uh, done channeling. So this is kind of unique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw the light um, since I was a young kid. So what would happen is um, my mother had fibromyalgia uh, back in the nineties uh, to a crippling degree. And I remember laying in bed, and I didn't know anything about psychics or anything like this back then. I was a kid, and, and I would see these waves of shimmering light. There was almost a fluidic nature to them, almost as if I was looking at uh, something between a mist and a I guess plasma would be a good descriptor. They come in blues and golds and greens and purples. You've all seen them. You've all seen them. Um, and they would appear, and I could see them with my eyes open or with my eyes shut. Um, and I would actually, I got this idea one time to focus it on my mother and on her body. And I did, and then the, these waves or arches of light would sort of move away from my vision. And then slowly I would, I would you know, do this every night for a few weeks, and then my, I was getting a lot of pain in my legs, and I couldn't really run, and I couldn't participate in gym class. And I was probably sympathetically getting getting my mother's fibromyalgia, but she had recovered after that. Uh, John, seeing these kinds of lights, uh, we will see these when we're channeling. Sometimes they take the form of uh, shape. You know, you hear when people are doing like psychedelic drugs that they have sort of fractal shapes and and geometric shapes. They appear like that at times, which we write about in the book. Why don't you share your experience, John, about that too? Yeah, sure. As I was doing the exercises that are in the book, you know, uh, we would both try doing these exercises. And yeah, it resulted in um, a lot of, it was a violet light that consistently would come through each time. So I'd do this meditative exercise. And uh, yeah, just get these waves, sort of like looking at the northern lights. Have you ever seen those, like these these waves? Yeah, but John, of, but John, just to just to clarify, what was the source? Was it was it coming from bro? Was it coming from above? Was it was it an orb like, or just a, just fill the room? In the case I'm talking about, this is this is more just with my eyes closed and and just me on my own without okay. bro there, and, and I was doing these exercises, and then and it, it just these uh, <clears throat> these pulses of violet light. Um, and so that, uh, yeah, that, it, light plays a, is a big theme actually in the whole book, um, in, in sort of a symbolic way, and also um, kind of used as a, uh, a I guess, a, a path in the meditation to get into a certain state. So that this idea of, of light overcoming everything and kind of filling you up, um, and of course, light's always been a symbol in kind of New Age stuff. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so it manifests in all sorts of different ways throughout. All right. So as we you know get close to the end of our conversation here, when you when people read this book, what do you want them to come away with? What messages are important to you uh, that that a reader of the book will take away? And John, who, who wants to go? John, you can go first. Go? We'll, yeah, John, you okay. go first, and we'll have Bro answer. Okay. Um, uh, I think one of the one of the great messages it's talking about stuff like space exploration, but also talking about inner exploration, and um, that's one of the big themes is that um, is 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 yourself and understanding yourself and the the more you go deeper into yourself, the more profound relationships you can have with the world around you. Um, and so it really starts with that as a basis and, um, and that everything is, is connected and there's nothing separate. That's really one of the key themes. So it, um, really a message of, of hope and, and a way forward for, for people. I think, and I think that's one of the things I'm the happiest about is that it's, it's giving people a path, forward who may not know um where to go in life or you know especially right now things can be difficult with everything going on and and so i think it it's a message of positivity there a message of hope you agree with that bro that's exactly where i was going with it and what's interesting about the entity which you'll all find out about it's not christian but it it is it, it also isn't anything that John and I were familiar with in, in our personal explorations because we had talked at great length about our background knowledge of, of various spiritual sects and followings and this thing couldn't be furthest from our wheelhouse which which is interesting because I like to think of this as a spiritual book for the anti-spiritual for the more realistic atheist types in the world the people who are more down to earth scientists, people who have families, people who are trying to get through their day. This is a genuine story, and it kind of brings sense that you are part of a bigger fabric in the universe, and that you're not just a feather on the wind, and that there is meaning to things ultimately. And I think a lot of this, the experiences we were given intentionally by the entity are designed to relate to people who are just living their lives. I think people will realize, heck, I, I had paranormal experiences. I didn't know what that thing was. I didn't know what it meant when I see the same numbers every once in a while for a very small period in my life. We hear this from people all the time, 11, 11, 11, 11, and they see these numbers, but only for a very unique, small period in their life. And it's like just after a parent died or just after they got in a divorce or something. It's like the universe is telling you to pay attention. You're learning something right now. And the book goes into depth about, about lessons and how to look at things differently and and as we said, as the channeling evolves, the future books in the series get far more sophisticated. And, and one last thing I wanted to share, too, was in the publishing process of this book, uh, we were we were getting really toward the end of the book. I think, John, you'll remember this. You, you were a little bit upset one day. You're like, well, uh, how are we going to get this published? And, and the entity said, don't worry. Synchronicity will bring you a publisher. And it was like, <laughs> weeks wasn't it john how how long after that did you meet our publisher randomly yeah i don't remember the time frame but yeah we definitely it happened you know we, we didn't even look for a publisher just a friend of mine happened to be sitting on a plane next to somebody who was an editor and 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 they um 
ran a publishing company in Toronto and lived in my neighborhood. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Not only that, but they, so, they never publish yeah. any spiritual books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not and, normally, no, and, but she, she was really taken with the idea. And yeah, so Iguana Books and, uh, and, and they, she, you know, uh, convinced the company to publish it and, and they've been great. But you guys were talking about the exercises in the book, and our first exercise falls on page 222, which was not planned. <laughs> Bro, I've got to ask you, because you are a psychic medium, you do you do readings and have sessions for people individually. You've done them, I think you said since you were 15 years old is when you did your first. Um, this is, this is a, 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 I hesitate to use the profession because I think that, most people who do this work don't consider it a profession. But either way, I don't have a better word for the moment. But this is a profession that's riddled with uh, some some good mediums, psychic mediums, some not so good psychic mediums. What are your thoughts? Well-intentioned, but not good. Psychic yeah. Mediums. What are your thoughts when? Because a lot of people seek um, counsel with with uh, folks who do what you do. What are your thoughts and what's your advice for them to find someone? who is legitimate and who is good for them? Well, first of all, my, my, one of my missions, I, I'd say my secondary mission is to get this academically recognized so that we can have a, a proper accrediting system. Because I think that when, think about medicine. Before there were doctors and hospitals, there were always healers, but you, you had to take your chances. Uh, but once medicine became regulated, we weeded out all of the snake oil sales. We weeded out the fraud and class. Uh, we need to do that in psychic mediumship. But in the meantime, your best bet is to go to someone who is reputable, who puts their work out on display, and who has people who who are referring them. In other words, if you don't go to someone with a family board or a neon sign, go to someone who you've heard from a trustworthy source is a good medium. And and more often than not, pretty much as far as I can tell, Almost all of the major mainstream mediums that we see, James Van Prague, who thinks I'm a piece of bread, by the way, he doesn't like me. Uh, and, and then we have uh, Teresa Caputo, we've got Tyler Henry, we've got now Matt Frazier. I think they're all very good. I think they're fine. I think they're great mediums. You know, they're fine. They're absolutely fine. It's just but it's hard to get an appointment with them. So in the absence right. of finding a really famous one, just come to, uh, to one who has a good reputation. And you offer that, I, I'm, I'm assuming, through your website, which is your name, Bro Perkins. Bro is spelled B-R-O-U-G-H, broperkins.ca, right? Dot C-A, correct. And if you Google me as well, I'll probably show up on the first two pages. John, um, the book is out. Where is it available? And you keep hinting at the second book. What's What's going on with the second book? For sure. Um, yeah, the second book is about, we've got about half of the material for the second book, and then uh, we're planning to really, you know, we're trying to balance promoting the first book and as well as writing the second one. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really, maybe in a year we'll have the second one out. Um, but uh, that's going to be a continuation, you know, of these channeling sessions and events around it, uh, things that happen around it. And so there'll be some story involved in it. So it, it really, as with the first book, it's not just channeling. There's a whole story. So it works on a couple of different levels. There's the story level and then the, the channeling. So, um, yeah, there'll be that. Uh, and the first book, yeah, Connection, the Discovery of the Soul System, that is uh, available through all the, the usual online sellers like Amazon or Apple or uh, all those folks, Kobo. Um, our website 
uh, name is shivea.group. So it's S-H-I-V-E-Y-A dot group. Um, that's the sort of umbrella name that we're going under. And uh, people can <clears throat> go there and get links to, to everywhere to, to get the book. It's in paperback. It's in uh, ebook. All right. So I have to ask you, in these sessions that you've had with Bro as he's channeling, and you're asking questions and you're getting information, and I know that a lot, you know, you've included most of it, if not all of it, in the book, and you don't want to necessarily reveal it. Uh, that's you want mm-hmm. folks to read the book, which makes perfect sense. But give us something that maybe surprised you or impressed you or, uh, you know, uh, something that, that stands out in your mind from those sessions that was pretty significant. Okay. I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Um, for me personally, uh, some of the things that really surprised me were, um, that it was drawing out information from my past, uh, things that had happened in my past and, and some of the details were so, astounding uh that you know some of the details i could confirm of what what was being said uh, about sort of things paranormal things that happened in, in when i was a child and so that that came through and so these personal stories are, are woven in there and and same for bro there's a chapter that deals with some of his personal things as well um so those were surprising um as I said, talk about things like you know space travel and and it gets into the purpose of technology um and and the relationship between you know humans and technology um really interesting stuff i don't mind you know that's not spoiling anything because it's really uh, just sort of giving it a broad stroke but um everything was a surprise honestly (laughs) from from the beginning to the end it was all a surprise bro um you uh you know you have to be wondering at some point why you, I mean, you've had obviously a lot of experiences through, throughout your life, but this particular voice being channeled through you, these ideas, this information, uh, have you ever asked why, why me? <laughs> no, my God, I should have asked that question. <laughs> Actually, no, I seriously, I really haven't, but, but, but the sense that I have had, because I think it's a, I don't know. Maybe the reason I never asked that question was because I just had a sense that I had readied myself. And I think that whatever this is, is a contract we all agreed to long ago. I don't think that this is our first rodeo. And I and I have a feeling like we came here on a mission. In fact, if anything, it made a lot of things make sense. I'm like, well, could I just do one normal thing and then it's like no and then and then right when I think like okay now I'm in my mid to late thirties I'm gonna settle down I'm just gonna be a little point psychic I'll be fine. Now we've got a channel a demigod. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> gotta so, just roll with it. <laughs> at this point it's like come on, pile it on. I don't care anymore. Just give me what's left over. <laughs> Uh, it's a great story, and uh, uh, it's it's inspiring, and uh, it's fascinating, and and uh, I encourage everyone to check it out. The book is called Connection, The Discovery of a Soul System. Our guests uh, tonight have been Bro Perkins, psychic medium, and John Top, author and paranormal experimenter. Guys, thanks for being here. John, thank you so much for putting this together. I appreciate uh, both of your time and uh, and what you were able to uh, provide us with tonight. It was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Thank JV. We really enjoyed it and really enjoyed your questions.
Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.